Welcome to the Do Life Better podcast, where we believe that you get to create who you have been and who you become, and that it's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference. I'm your host, Dave Jorner, and each week I will bring you the best guests, tips, and messages to inspire and help you and me do life even better. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let's get started. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Do Life Better podcast. If this is your very first time, thank you for joining us. And before we get into today's episode, which I am quite excited about, we do have another fan of the week, and this one is from Drusicle69, who says, phenomenal speaker, motivator, person, five stars. Thank you. And they go on to say, Dave is a man with a valuable and unique perspective. There are a few of us out there, but then there are fewer that take on a position or commit to the mission of giving that gift to others. Dave is one of those guys. He has made it his life's work to motivate people and to direct individuals to take responsibility for their happiness or lack thereof. I haven't heard all of his episodes yet but I'm working on it. I challenge you to pick one with a catchy title and listen to it all the way through. And no cheating with the 5-Minute Friday podcasts because you most likely won't get enough out of that to decide that this review is accurate and helpful. You won't regret it. In fact, I'll be impressed if you can listen to a full episode and not immediately start another one. Then come on back here and rate it as accurately and honestly as you can. Have a great Sunday. Drusicle, thank you very much for your very flattering and kind review that you left us. And I believe this one comes all the way from America as well. So again, Drusicle, thank you very much. If you do enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe and make sure that you leave a rating and a review. Now, today's episode, as I mentioned earlier, I am really excited about bringing you today's guest, who is Dr. Jenny Brockus. Now, a few years ago, I stumbled across one of her books called Future Brain, and I couldn't put it down. It was a game changer for me. In fact, it is the reason I changed my morning routine, started being much more careful about my diet and sleep, time and mindfulness, and many, many other healthy habits. And she has re-released Future Brain as Smarter, Sharper Thinking, with some updated edits in there as well. Now, Dr. Jenny Brockus is a medical practitioner and board-certified lifestyle medicine physician, specializing in brain health and mental performance. She works to inspire others to become the best version of themselves by translating the findings of the neuroscience and positive psychology into simple, practical tools that enable people to work smarter, not harder. With three decades experience of working with people, she understands that while intentions may be good, changing behaviours is not always easy. An international speaker, trainer and author of three books, including the best-selling Smarter, Sharper Thinking, Jenny is frequently sought after as a commentator in the media and has had many articles published in a variety of magazines and journals. Now, before we get into it, I asked you all, well, that is everyone in the Do Life Better community on Facebook, for your ideal length for an interview episode. And most of you said that 30 to 45 minutes was, in fact, your ideal. Now, some did say up to 60, and thank you very much for that. Because a lot of you said 30 to 45, I don't want you to miss out on any of the incredibly beneficial tips and strategies that Jenny goes through in this episode. Because you can start making immediate changes to help increase your smarter, sharper thinking. So again, I don't want you to miss out on any of these tips. So what I've done is I've split this episode in half. 
I know that you'll get a lot out of this first one and of course the second one as well. Make sure you do take a screenshot of this episode, post it on social media, tag Jenny at Dr. Jenny Brockus. That's at D-R-J-E-N-N-Y-B-R-O-C-K-I-S and tag me in as well. So for now, let me introduce you to Dr. Jenny Brockus. Jenny, thank you for joining me today on the Do Life Better podcast. My pleasure to be with you, Dave. And this one is a, a real treat for me. Uh, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, um, your book, the first edition of your book, which is called Future Brain, your current edition is Smarter, Sharper Thinking. I first found the first edition, Future Brain, at the airport. I was going to a place called Leeton at the back of Wagga, and for some reason, the cover of your book appealed to me and started reading and that night I couldn't put it down. I've, I've made more notes in that Future Brain <laughs> book and more markings I've made in any other book. I've probably read it three times. I've oh. taken notes of it. I have um, shared the lessons with other people as well. Um, but it's also made a big difference in my own life in terms of me understanding that internal locus of control that I get if I make those small little changes and we'll get into these other, there's 12 key areas here, but if I make small little changes in even just a couple of these little areas, it makes a big difference in my own life. And so in the work I do around Australia, I get to, I I connect with some of the messages that you've spoken about um, and share that with the students and also with my own two sons. So it's, um, I was even talking <laughs> with my youngest this morning about how I get to talk to you today and um, just about good brain health and so on. So he was asking yeah. me lots of cool questions about it as well. But uh, oh, Jenny, excellent. so yeah, it is, it's a treat to be able to chat with you today. So again, thank you for your time. My pleasure. <laughs> so I'd love to kick straight on in then, if that's okay, yeah. to the idea of these, the 12 key areas. Firstly, mm. it how how did that process go for you? How did you realize that there was 12 key things, not 15, not 10, 12? <laughs> 12 Sounded like a nice, nice round number, Dave. I mean, there wasn't anything <laughs> magic about it. Yeah. Uh, it could have been 15, it could have been seven. Uh, but I, I guess the, the, the 12 were actually condensed into three main areas. Mm, um, that's right, yeah. And each one of those has four quadrants. So... That's, that's how I ended up with 12. So the, that is the, nice and neat, yep. And, I, you know, and, it's, and, and I'm a simple person. I like to think in sort of simple <laughs> constructs. So for me, it was all about uh, better self-care so, and the understanding of why the choices we make to look after ourselves can make the biggest difference to our future success and outcomes. Mm. So it's about starting with that foundation because I think it often gets lost uh, because we're all so caught up in life and busyness and other things. And we forget that we are human beings and, you know, we actually do need to take better care of ourselves, both physically, mentally and cognitively or our, our brain health. And, you know, I always ask people, you know, when was the last time you had a brain check? And they look at me sort of aghast and they, oh, what do you mean the brain check? And I say, well, you know, because your brain is important for how well you think. Mm. And, do you think every day? And they go, yes. <laughs> so I say, okay, are you making decisions every day? Yes. Um, are you having to plan things, organize things, solve problems, things like that? I said, it's all part of thinking. And to be able to do that well, it's it's about starting with the foundation of better brain health. So 
Has this, and again, we'll get into these areas soon, but firstly, has this made significant changes for you? Like, as I mentioned, it's made big changes yeah. for me. Yeah. Doing all this research, putting it all together, yeah. it can't have not had an impact on your daily routines, on the way that you view your own health and well-being. It's, it's completely changed how I, I go about my life as yeah. well. Um, I used to work as a general practitioner uh, running my own group medical practice and did so for years. I loved the job, loved what I did, um, but I never, I never spent any time thinking about the impact of those small choices that we make on a day-to-day basis that actually have a huge impact on our health and well-being totally. And so since learning more about how to be more brain aware and the importance of these, these basic skill sets, it's really made me challenge my own thinking uh, and my own behaviours because I was certainly less than perfect. <laughs> I was very good at telling everybody else what to do from a medical perspective. Oh, yes, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. But really, I hadn't come to grips with, with what everybody can do for themselves. And it's that sense of, actually, I can do this for me to be the better version of myself mm. every day, consistently. And and I think it's that, that understanding that, yeah, we all have this choice that we can make. And it's not about getting it right 100% of the time because we are human and we do slip up and fall over sometimes and that's okay. But it's about that understanding that just by getting back and doing those little things over and over and over again, we change ourselves. We change our perspective. We we start to see other people differently because we understand ourselves better. And that helps us to understand what might be going on for someone else. And I think when we're interacting with friends or family, it is that sort of awareness piece that if we can sort of communicate and talk with others in such a way that we feel drawn together rather than reacting angrily or in a way that isn't sort of helpful, then everybody gets on much better and we're happier as well. And I think there's a lot to be said for managing our stress, building our level of resilience and overall happiness in everything we do. You mentioned before some key areas of your thinking and your behaviours have changed. Yes. So oh. what are some of those key areas for you? Oh, that's a curly question. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Let's just start right deep there. Yeah, good. Um, well, I, I realised um, that I was actually quite fixed in my outlook in some areas. Yeah, I was really quite rigid in my thinking. And that sort of realisation was like, because <gasps> we all like to think of ourselves as being fairly open-minded. Mm. And I also realised I'd been telling myself certain stories for a long time that had become my truth that on reflection were not true at all. And it, that was interesting because all of a sudden it was like, ooh, where did that story come from in the first place? I have no idea. Being a doctor, you're seen by others or you're often perceived by others as somebody who's relatively smart, capable, achieves lots of different things. And that wasn't my reality. My reality was that I was an imposter and, you know, I'd, I'd managed to sort of slide under the radar at medical school and somehow managed to pass my exams because the examiners felt sorry for me or something. I mean, how ridiculous is that? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but I'd, I'd nurtured that story for so long mm. that that became my 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 truth that um, I wasn't really a great doctor because you know I hadn't really been good enough. And when I challenged my thought and thought, you know what, I was good enough. I was good enough to get into medical school. I was good enough to pass most of my exams <laughs> <laughs> and retake those that I didn't always pass. And hey, you know. And, and to be able to celebrate that differently, mm. whereas before I'd never been able to celebrate it because I always felt that I didn't quite deserve it. Isn't that interesting? We're, we're, we're strange creatures <laughs> sometimes. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've been nurturing, continuing to nurture a more growth-oriented mindset so you can celebrate your own success and the success of others to always know that you don't know absolutely everything and don't expect to because you, there's always more to learn and the more you remain curious to that, the, the more you can learn and then share with others. So that for me has been an insight. Wow. Just, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the importance of the growth mindset. And you're right, sometimes we think we are open like for yeah. myself. Sometimes I think I'm, I'm open, I have a growth mindset, but then I'm reminded in big ways that, no, nah, it's still close <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it's still very fixed. Uh, and even that yeah. imposter syndrome you spoke about too. I think lots of us struggle with that. I know that I do sometimes. Well, yeah. lots of the yeah. time <laughs> still struggle yeah. with that. So what, has it been one thing that's that's helped you with that imposter syndrome? I think it's just been that self-acceptance piece, little yeah. by little, doing things to be more aware that it's I don't have to be perfect because I always came from that place that unless it was actually 100% really perfect in every aspect it wasn't good enough and it was about learning to let go of that and accept that you do the best you can and feel good about that 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 for me was was the biggest thing yes yeah. <laughs> less, less perfectionism because it's awful and it, it sets you up to be uh more tense and anxious about stuff and uh, life yeah. is to be enjoyed not endured and yeah. we never get anything done if we're waiting for it to be perfect. You <laughs> no, never exactly, get it finished. Exactly. Never get anywhere. It's about choosing to jump in and just give it a go, yeah. regardless of the outcome. And if you fail, you fail. That's okay. But at least you've shown that you've given it a try. Absolutely. So now with those three key areas you spoke about, so there's three key areas yes. and then yes. there's four in each. So yes. um, please step through those, those three key areas briefly for us. Okay. The first key area is uh, the lifestyle choices we make. Mm -hmm. So that provides the sort of better brain health. Mm -hmm. So that's the eat, move, sleep, manage your stress effectively. Mm -hmm. And when you get that right, then it helps to optimise how well you think. So when you're looking to sort of focus more effectively, manage your distractions, be a bit more mindful about what's going on around you and with other people, uh, become more adaptable to change because there's lots of things changing around us all the time. Mm -hmm. That That's the sort of second piece. And then the third piece is all about how we get on well with others, the relationships we form with other people because we, we thrive in the company of others. And we amplify our, our success and our results by knowing how to work well with others as well. So the, the four pieces around that is about self-leadership and leading others. Yeah. I like that process as well, starting with self in terms of body, 
So making sure that you're in a great state of health, firstly. Uh, And then obviously also you go in the book, you talk about how your exercise, nutrition and sleep affects the mind. But then that second section is all about mind health. So it is very much. So look after the body first, then mind, and then once you look after yourself, then others. And then others, absolutely. Yeah. It's a nice process. Now, in the book, one of my biggest learnings, and I probably think of, I even thought about this this morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you see, my wife is away all week at a conference in Sydney. It's about time she gets to be the one to go away as well. But anyway, she's away <laughs> all week. So I'm looking after the boys all week. Um, You're on dad duty. <laughs> I'm dad duty. It's, it's a big eye opener yeah. for me because, again, I'm normally the one who's away. So I'm doing everything all week and a renewed sense of appreciation for what my wife goes through. Anyways, this morning, because my time in the morning is shorter because you know, I have to do everything to get the boys ready, um, my eldest son, he had tennis training this morning, so I had to get out of the house earlier. And I'm thinking, now I've got time for either a tiny bit of mindfulness and meditation or exercise. Which one do I do? I thought back to your book, yeah. which said, and I think about this regularly, and I even spoke about this to year 12 just the other day. I believe in your book it said, if you can only do one thing a day, let it be exercise. Is that still true? That is still true because uh, when you exercise, you're you're preparing your brain to be at its best for the day. Mm. So ideally you do that first early in the morning. It also helps the release of feel-good hormones. So if you're doing a bit of exercise, you're automatically lifting your mood because you're releasing these hormones such as dopamine and serotonin and endorphins so if you're in that more positive state you're already uplifted ready to face the day so it makes it easier to be more mindful in your day as well so the mindfulness can be that formal practice whether it's a five minute ten or however many minutes of practice you do and I'm like you. I like to do both of those in the morning. Mm. And and I, I have the same conundrum, which do I do? Which do I do <laughs> first? Uh, because depending on, on situation, if you've got to sort of leave the house because you've got a train to catch or a plane to catch or whatever like that, you know, which which can you fit in more easily? And if, if it's going to be a real struggle to do the exercise, well, you, you do, okay, let go of that for the moment because you can do that later and then do the mindfulness. But mm. I would still go with the idea that the exercise is probably the, the primer. Do that first. Nice. If you can. If you can. If nice. you can. That's what I did. I did that first. And then after yeah. I took my sons to school, I came home and then I did mindfulness. Then I actually had a, a mindful coffee. So I spent Lovely. time being present with that yeah. and did some meditation after that. So, yeah, yeah. flexibility is helpful. So, it's all about flexibility. <laughs> do, you, do you have a go-to exercise <clears throat> routine in the morning? Does it change for you? What would be your go-to? Mine's very simple because we have a dog. Yes, it helps. <laughs> so my, my, my morning exercise is I'm out the door with the dog first thing mm-hmm. and we do a 30 to 40-minute walk, brisk walk, where you're out in the sunshine, hopefully, um, blue sky, and just enjoying the environment. I'm, yeah. I'm a person who doesn't listen to music or podcasts or anything else when I'm out doing that walk because I just want to engage all my senses about my environment. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to feel the sun on my face. I like to hear the bird song and, and all those other things. walking, really. So it's, mind, it's a mindful walk. Uh, and I do my, my aerobic exercise 
in different forms during the week. So that could be Pilates or swimming or mm-hmm. something like that. Sure. But, but the walk is the first thing. Excellent. And I, I was quite surprised too about the substantial benefits of walking. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we tend to think, oh, I have to go for a, a jog or a run and do something really you know, exerting. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not true. With you know, The walking is, is just as good for us. So if you're walking to school or to work or anything like that, you're still getting that cognitive benefit of boosting your mind and your mood. So then what would you say for someone who says that, I'm not a person who exercises. I just mm-hmm. can't do it. I don't have the time to do it. I don't have the body shape to do it. I have too many injuries to exercise. <laughs> For someone who has all the excuses. They're allergic to exercise, basically. <laughs> yeah, exercise is bad for your health, apparently. Yeah. What, would you, what would you say? What would, how would you encourage them or um, how would you inspire them to see the benefits? What would you do? Uh, it is really tricky because not everybody loves exercise, and I totally get that. And at school, I hated it. I was a chronic asthmatic. That you know, every time I went out and tried to do sports, I would end up being carried off the pitch or whatever, needing my ventilator and puffer. So for me, exercise was something that I, I detested and, and tried to avoid. Um, and it wasn't until I sort of grew up that I had started to realise it actually could be benefit to me. And it was about finding something that I, I actually enjoyed doing. And I think sometimes if the thought of exercise really switches you off because you've got all these justifications and reasons why you possibly, couldn't possibly undertake it, is call it something else and and don't look for something that you would normally call an exercise. Now, for for me, that was dancing. I love mm-hmm. dancing, and that is a great form of exercise. So cranking the music up, whether you're at home or whether you're out with friends, and you can have a little bit of a bop around and you know, really get down into it, you can have a fantastic workout dancing, um, and, and you're theoretically sort of exercising at the same time. So if you don't love exercise, that's okay. You don't have to, but it's finding some form of physical activity whether it's walking, whether it's um, just being out with your mates, hanging around, but moving at the same time, all physical activity as far as your brain concerned is concerned helps. Mm. So, yeah, just try something. And it's not about being the winner. You're not looking to be the best player in the team. It's just participating. And I think sometimes when you're not an exerciser, finding other people who are just there to have fun rather than to win the game, you can start to get that sense of enjoyment. And actually, once you get into it and it becomes a regular part of your routine, you start to look forward to it because you're hanging out with your mates. You're doing something that, you know, puts a smile on your face and, you know, a bit of fun. Oh, for sure. I know for um, for some of our friends and family, they've just found a certain fitness class yep. that has all of a sudden sparked their a huge amount of motivation for them to exercise yeah, yeah. regularly, like daily now. And beforehand, yeah. they really struggled. And by yeah. getting involved in this one class now, yeah. it's changed, um, I suppose, the way they approach the day, their energy, and a lot of different things. Before mm. they found this one specific class, they struggled to find something that they could commit to. And yeah. I suppose it, it yeah. just didn't speak to them in some way because yeah. I think with the yeah. class, there's the people there. You have to commit beforehand. You have to book in your class beforehand. Yeah. If you don't turn up, there's things there. So I think, as you're yeah. saying, finding the one that works 
willing to have it a go. Yeah. And and if it, and if you if you do something and you hate it, maybe you take up sailing or something. I don't know. And you go for a few sessions and you think, you know what? I really don't enjoy this. That's okay. Don't don't carry on with it. Find something else to try. But it's that it's that willingness just to give it a go that I think is so important because it gives yourself permission to try it. But the other important piece is to give yourself permission to enjoy it too. Yes. Put some good music on or something yeah. to make it yeah, really exactly. enjoyable for you. Yeah. yeah. So what would be, in the book you mentioned so many, and you have now as well, so many benefits from exercising. Mm. Were there a couple that really surprised you or some that we wouldn't naturally think about? I think the thing about exercising was the, the it actually wasn't the exercise per se, it was the realisation of what happens if we don't, you know, when we sit for too long. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, sitting is the new smoking. And and it was that insight where I thought, well, holy smoke, if we're sitting on our bottoms for longer than we spend asleep in our beds, what's that doing to our head? Uh, and, the, and the news is it's not doing as much good at all because mm. the longer we sit, the more we reduce the blood flow to our head. And that means it's not getting the oxygen or the, the nutrients it needs to, to operate normally. And, of course, you're not getting those lovely mood-enhancing hormones, so your mood tends to drop. And we know that people who sit for a prolonged period of time not only can't think as sharply because everything starts to slow down, um, it's, 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 it's bad for us in that we start to get a bit anxious. So getting up and moving around, and I think that was a huge lesson for me to, to help people to understand we need to move because otherwise we start to feel a bit sad. Yeah. Yeah, actually, every time I get on a plane now, that's either like to Hobart is three hours or to Perth where you are, it was yeah. like five or six hours. Yeah. I'm always, again, aware when I do my exercise in the morning before I get on the plane, in the book you mentioned if you sit, if you sit for three hours or mm. more, then you may as well have not exercised in the morning first. Because no, un- that's awful, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's so it disappointing. All that good work. I still exercise first anyway, yeah. but I exercise afterwards as well. Yeah. Oh, the other day yeah. I was on the long drive somewhere and I stopped partway and did some exercises. <laughs> so it's just about moving during the day. So yeah. it's about doing the exercise when we can and then just choosing to stand up more because I've always said we, we think better on our feet yep. and that's why we start to see – some classrooms where they've got variable height desks so you know you can stand a bit more during class so you're not Mm -hmm. sitting all the time um and a lot of schools uh, the the schools in finland um, have a a system where they have lessons that are no longer than 45 minutes and then between each lesson all the kids and the teachers go outside for a good 15 to 20 minutes to walk around to do something else because wow. that, that helps them to be then better prepared to think well, to focus better on the next lesson. And it works. It works. It's wow. such a simple thing. So, not it, so you know, if a school has its lessons back-to-back where the students always stay in the same class, that's not good mm. because they don't, they're missing out on that opportunity to stand up and move around in between the classes. That's one thing we're trying to do more in our programs now, stand up, get outside, yes. breaks, yes. trying. Yeah. We're trying really yes. hard for that. Um, <laughs> I, I want to ask you a question in line with that, um, what you just mentioned before about shorter lessons and so on. Yeah. Firstly, though, just one more thing with the exercise. 
I was talking to a student about this the other day about, I think also in the book you mentioned that if you normally exercise every single day but you skip a day for yeah. some reason. Yes, yes. If you are. Don't panic. <laughs> yeah, don't panic because you still have the benefits on that day that you skip yes. if you normally yes, exercise right. every day. Yes, there's a sort of build-up effect. Yeah. So that if you do miss a day, then it, it's not all going to fall down in a heap. Mm. It's quite comforting. That, and that is comforting to know because there are always going to be those days. Mm. So it's 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 and and we also know that uh, it's important to have days of rest too to to avoid overtraining. I mean, any athlete will say, look, they'll work hard and really sort of practice, practice, practice really hard, but they always have their rest days as well. Mm. to avoid injury and overtraining. But, you know, our bodies are designed to rest as well. So. Nice one. Thank you. Okay, so with the classrooms. Yes. There's a school of thought that I've been hearing recently about how some schools, the teachers aren't able, they're not allowed, not supposed to, or they're asked not to, talk for more than eight minutes before they then get the students to do an activity of some sort. Okay, Again, their attention might be on average eight minutes. Yeah. At the same time, what are we doing to encourage them to train their attention? Yes, that's right. So, I mean, and it is understood that you can sort of enhance your attention skills by practicing working for longer on a particular task with a timer if necessary, mm. so that you can sort of gradually extend it so you get better at focused work for a period of time. And then they, they also say that, you know, we shouldn't be trying to focus for any more than an hour to 90 minutes because that is probably the limit of our attention span. Actually, with that, you mentioned that one of the things that we can do to help train our attention and focus is to play video games. Yes. A lot of young people would be very <laughs> excited to hear that news. Yeah. In, yeah. In, obviously, this is with moderation as well. With, of course, yep. everything in moderation. <laughs> But, but they're, they're a fantastic way of, of enhancing attention because most of them are very action-based and you've got to follow different things on the screen. And so you're paying laser-like attention to, to follow what's happening mm. and it's been shown to be a brilliant way to capture uh, attention. And that's, of course, why the game designers make them like that. They're very effective at doing that, aren't they? They're very effective, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> okay, so coming back to... Um, the, the one thing, if you're going to do one thing a day, that's exercise. Yes. Okay. What would be the second? Or is that is that getting a little bit difficult now because there's 11 other things? But There's 11 other things. <laughs> like, um, uh, is there an order? Like it would, could there be a second thing or is it another two or three things that if you're going to do these things each day, make sure you do these? I think it actually comes back to an individual thing because mm-hmm. for – one person, sleep, getting enough sleep is going to be absolutely critical to how well they function on a daily basis. And they know that if they don't get enough sleep, they're grumpy as anything and they're just not with it. So mm. for some people, sleep would, would probably be the next on the list. For other people, it's going to be food. You know, if they don't eat, they get hangry. That's me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, and they know that they've got to eat at a regular time to sort of feel that they're topping up their energy tanks. So yeah. I think it's about knowing what, what what you need most of all. So I think we can all make our own hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. and say, okay, maybe exercise needs to be at number one, but you can determine whether number two is sleep or food or stress management because we're all different. And if, if you're a very stressy person who easily gets 
set off kilter because you're feeling anxious about things or worried about things, then maybe that should be number two on your list. So there we have it, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that first half of the chat with Jenny. And in the next half, we go into the other two key areas to really enhance your smarter, sharper thinking. I know that you're going to get a lot of benefit out of that one as well. So please make sure you do share this with someone who you know would really enjoy this chat as well. And of course, if you did enjoy it, please make sure you subscribe and leave a rating and a review. And if you are someone who really does enjoy the hour-long episodes, because that's how long it takes you to get to or from work or wherever it is that you're going right now, please do go back. We do have like 94 other episodes that you can enjoy for the second half of your journey. So, of course, do go back, see which ones you might like to listen to today as well. And for now, all the very best going out there today to do your life just that little bit better than yesterday. Thanks again for listening to the Do Life Better podcast. And have you subscribed yet? By subscribing to this podcast, that enables you to get notifications every single time a new episode is released. In your podcast app, you can find all the show notes for every episode. And if you'd like to get in contact, you can do so via email at hello at projecthatch.com.au. That's hello at projecthatch.com.au. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, share it with someone you think will benefit from these messages. And now it's time to get out there and do life better.